I want to start by talking about just the situation as far as Power Five conferences and kind of where where you're viewing BYU's position. Okay, um, we went through this experience of um, <clears throat> speaking with the Big Twelve regarding their proposed expansion, and it was a great experience for us. We learned a lot about ourselves, and, and people. And when I said that, people say, "What's that mean?" I think we always know better than anybody who we are and what we're all about. But I think when we delved into a lot of the details uh, and you put it all together and you take a real, real, real close look under a microscope, you start to learn things and see things differently. We felt really good about that. And in speaking with our coaches and our student athletes, we felt that it was a good, good spot to be in, that we're a strong, we're a strong school and, and the things that we're doing are right. We always would love to be a part of a P5. I've made that per, uh, point known a lot, but it didn't happen for a, a number of reasons. You can ask me why I think it does, and you know it'd be one of a lot of opinions. So um, you know, going forward, we're gonna we're gonna just continue to uh, compete and uh, do the best things that we can um, with where we are and what we have, which is a good spot, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll continue to have success. You told us in one of these probably three or four years ago that you thought there'd be some maybe some movement and some opportunity in a Power Five conference. So when the Big Twelve did open up, it was clear. You know, you'd heard a lot of stuff behind the scenes before it went public. Can you say that now, or does it look like it'll be the middle of the next decade when the TV deals are out? Twenty twenty. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know, but I I probably much pretty much read what you guys will read right now. There's not very much. Every once in a while, someone will say something out of the blue, but. I, I would anticipate that probably the, the next opportunities that it would occur would be when the TV um, contracts come up. That's a natural time when, when the conference would take a look at it. But it's uh, disruptive for conferences to talk about this and go down that road. So I wouldn't anticipate that they would do that before then, unless there was something that happened to you know, force it to happen. Did it bother you at all that maybe there was some form of leading on and then they end up doing nothing? You know, I don't really feel like they led us on. I, I really feel, I may be wrong, but I feel that they really wanted to do this. I don't think everyone in the conference wanted to do it, but it is a conference and they have the membership of the conference and, and they voted to do it. Whether it was the presidents or the ADs or how the felt, coaches felt, I'm not really sure about that. But um, I, you know, going through the process as we did, I felt really good about it. It, it was a good, um, pro it was a good process. We were able to say and show and do everything we needed to do to put our uh, best foot forward. And I just think that the, the information that came out after they got into the process, um, they just made a business decision and a decision amongst the conference, which they could, to stop and not do it. So I, I don't think they misled us, but they changed direction once they started. Were you surprised by the politics that got involved, the athletes' ally, <clears throat> that type of stuff that kind of came out? I'm not gonna, I don't know if I'm going to say surprised because I think nowadays uh, whenever something big happens, there's going to be people on either side of an issue, whether it's politics or whatever. And uh, in, in athletics, it's pub very public, um, and a lot of people care about athletics, and so I just figured that that was probably something uh, the politics of it, whatever it might be, that we'd have to work through, and I think we did a good job of that. 
You said you learned and, 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 and saw things differently. Can you detail some of those things of what exactly you learned and I saw think, differently from the process? You know, I think the most important thing is we looked at um, our strengths and our weaknesses, and our strengths were strong in a lot of areas. When you look back over the years of BYU football and basketball primarily, but all the other Olympic sports, we, we do things that most schools can't do or have done. And when you put that down on paper and you examine it and you compare those things to schools that are in uh, Power Five conferences, we compete like a Power Five school, not in a Power Five conference. And that, to, to look at that and to do it through all the years, and I'm not saying that you know, each and every year we're at the top, but through the years, the things that we have accomplished a lot of schools in the P5 haven't. National championship, players of the major award winners, um, Heisman Trophy, two player of the years in basketball. There's a lot of great P5 schools that can't say they have that. And then the numbers that just kind of speak for themselves. So we, we all kind of consciously or subconsciously feel that BYU has a really good program. But when you start to compare, it puts you in a position where you think, we can do this. now. Um, you know, preparing for the future and what it might be, we realized that you know, playing in those conferences is very, very difficult, very tough, and uh, we'd like that opportunity sometime. Is there a sense that you can kind of move on, at least for the short term, and really focus on independence instead of having to you know, answer questions or worry about trying to maybe get into a few problems? Yeah, I, I'm, not a, I'm not afraid to answer the questions. I think that it's part of it. Uh, I, every time we answer the questions, I think we get our, our point out. And it's a good point. Um, but it's, it's certainly one of the things that people were saying ahead of time was that, well, what do you do if you don't get in? Are you going to be nervous? Well, we didn't, and we had success. I and mean, you can measure it however you want, but I feel really confident about our programs, plural, and where we are and what we can do. But we'll just have to do it in this space, not in the space that we desired. How will that hurt you or help you financially, or how will you handle it financially? You know, I, I don't know if it, I, it doesn't hurt you financially. It's just really a matter of, once again, comparable. So we were looking at the potential dollars. That's not the reason you do it. The main reason that we wanted to do that was to compete, to have our kids be in this situation where they go against the very best uh, week in and week out, day in and day out, and compete against the best players and teams. And, uh, you know, when, when that um, doesn't happen, you really, I'm, I got a little distracted. Go, go back to that question. About the, the, the finances. You guys oh, yeah. Have so, each year yeah. So, um, when, when, you, when you know you're not going to have that, then you, you, you have to chart a different course. Yeah. And one of the things that came about this uh, discussion with the P5 conference was that our, our Cougar Nation responded. The major donors, major donors, stepped up in a big way and close that gap more than we thought they would. And just a lot of the donors, so not maybe necessarily the major donors, but we had bigger donors and a lot more donors come to the plate. But wouldn't that have to continue? Everything? Sure, yeah, I mean, it's in the world of athletics, it's interesting. You, you, you finish off a season, you can have great success, and then you start over. Yeah. And you have new teams, new players, new coaches. Uh, new seasons, new donors, and you got to start over every year. So we're used to that. The goal changes, and that's one of the things that our goals, financial goals, every year we try to uh, increase them. You got to be realistic, though. So 
I think as a result of that, we came back and said, okay, this didn't occur. We're not going to be dealing with these figures. We're going to be dealing with these figures and potentially a, a little bit more. And let's do the best we can. There's one thing we learned is that we make the most out of the uh, finances that we have. And, and that felt good to us. It felt good to our donors. It felt good to our, when our coaches and administration looked at that and we see what we can accomplish with that. It makes us feel good. So hurt you ten years from now. Or could you know? It could. We'll see. I mean, I I get the uh, um, each and every year that that gap grows, but I can't worry about that. We can't worry about it. And in the first year, we we I think we overcame it, mm-hmm. and hopefully you know start over in the second year. We'll do it again, but we have to continue to be successful. And there's ways to be successful other than money, and that's where we're going. And, and like I said, that wasn't the main reason in the first place. Yeah, yeah. You're entering, I think, the seventh year of an eight-year deal with ESPN. Have there been talks about extending that? And what do you see maybe the future of between BYU and ESPN? Um, it's a great relationship. Every year of the relationship, um, new things occur. Uh, it gets stronger. We have uh, greater collaborations, new creativity. The ESPN's changing uh, we're, as we watch. We're changing. Um, and together, we feel good about each other. Uh, I really respect that company and the people that run it, uh, the people that are the, the face, the talent, and then they feel really good about what we're doing. We have had numerous opportunities and discussions about uh, extending the contract, and with two years to go, this is probably about the time to start you know, coming to fruition on that. Do you think with some of the cutbacks they're facing, you read about the financial issues the cable industry is facing, is that a factor? And how much do you look at new media and the opportunities with the Google, a Yahoo, a sure. Facebook, YouTube, whoever? I th- you know, that's a good question because there, there is new media and, and every year there's something new. So we're going to be with ESPN. Um, I, I don't think there's anything right now that's on the plate or in the you know, near future that you can say is going to turn that upside down. ESPN has been so good to us. We're going to be with them. It's just a matter of what happens in the future. And I think we grow together. And we've been able to do some things um, with the new platforms that do not conflict with the contract. I think a great example is how willing they are to let allow us to do things with TV. And so we have the best of both worlds to have both those opportunities. Tom, with the, the Big 12 kind of off the table, is there any talk or feeling that you might return to a non-P5 conference? You know, I, I would say you'd, you'd always leave opportunities open for the future because you don't know what the future brings. But right now where we are, is, is a good, is a, we're in a good space right now, and we feel good that we'll continue to you know, chart this path. And uh, I think our coaches who are st- stable – Student-athletes kind of come and go, but I think the ones that we have right now feel good about where we're at and what we can accomplish where we are. Obviously, money's a big factor in these realignment talks, but how much do social issues, I mean, currently marriage equality, but it's been raised in the past, and it can be whatever else going forward. How much does social issues and where the LDS church sits on those, how much does that impact the discussions when you're talking with the conference? And it doesn't matter based on what part of the country or what conference you're dealing with. Oh, I would think so. I think it plays a role. Everyone's aware that you know, there was an issue that came up, and we addressed it. 
was a great opportunity really for our campus um, as people brought things to the table. Um, I think that's one of the positive, real positive things that came from the discussions. We didn't get in, but on campus since that um, uh, ex ex process that we went through, we've had numerous um, um, opportunities to get together and discuss and look at the way we're doing things on campus. And we feel great about uh, things that we're doing to project us into the future uh, in regard to those. So I feel, I feel like that's one of the best things that came out of the whole thing. Tom, with the two recent SEC wins, Mississippi State last year, then Ole Miss, I guess, what, five, six years ago, did that motivate you to pursue the home-and-home -home with uh, Tennessee? And I guess LSU's on the schedule, too, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't really think the wins had much to do with it. We were going to pursue the, the Southeast Conference because it's a great conference, and the teams in the conference are uh, traditional, great traditional teams, um, incredible places to go play. The SEC is a, a really strong conference. And if they want to play and uh, propose a game, we're gonna we're gonna look we're gonna go after it. So I don't know if it's saying hey we can beat them. I'm just saying we can play them. <laughs> and it was we're blessed to have a couple of good games, but you know we're uh, we're gonna go into some difficult. We're gonna go back to Mississippi State now, and then have an LSU in a neutral site. But the future games will always be tough. How's the immediate bowl situation? We, it's unknown right now. We, in, in our relationship with ESPN, uh, we, we actually, a year from now, um, 17, 18, we, we didn't have that settled yet. That was one of the things early on, we didn't have a game there. So now it turns into two games in a row. So we're talking with ESPN right now uh, to kind of try to fit in a, a situation, a game, a bowl game. It'll be interesting to see how that works. Um, but ESPN has bowls that they own yeah. and a lot of great relationships with those conferences so we'll see how that goes. Does Unknown consider the possibility of maybe just waiting and then see what opens up in November and December? Um, I, you know I pretty much leave that up to ESPN because that's not a, we're not in a position to say what we want. They, they, even in the games in the past when we negotiated these games uh, you know we when we had an opportunity to play some of these games we, we pretty much allow ESPN to go to the major conferences that have contracted games yeah. and uh, they'll work with them. And then they come to us and say, what do you think? Well, I think it sounds great. Okay, but not necessarily <clears throat> from your perspective, from their perspective, would that be a possibility? Uh, yeah, I, I would think so. I, I think that ESPN is such a, uh, a leader in the bowl uh, season yeah. with all their connections with the conferences, with the schools and the personalities involved, with the bowls themselves. That I feel really confident that one way or the other we're going to end up in a bowl if we're bowl eligible. But I can't really say right now what it's going to be. Somebody suggested that we should go independent. Well, that doesn't it doesn't work that way. Meaning that we'll just play it out and see where we fall. But now you can't do that because all the bowls are contracted with conferences, and you just what what will they'll probably end up doing is you know trying to find a spot. So it's in not a concern then. Maybe no. A mystery, but not a yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Has there been any conversations? I, I apologize. Okay. Has there been any conversations in regards to the honor code in terms of student athletes or revisiting that in any way, shape, or form? Um, 
know, in result, uh, in, in relation to just the... Just in general, just as... Yeah, I, I think those conversations occur on, on campus uh, more often than the public would know. I, I think we're always refining and trying to, as a result of things that may happen, we, we talk about that and uh, I have a real close relationship with the people involved and it's been great to be able to... Um, you know, you may have read that, that our, some things have changed up on campus. President Worthen you know, put together a task force, examined things, and came back, and, and there's a few new policies on campus. And I think that uh, those are very positive, and other peripheral um, discussions that go on around that all point us in a great direction. How does that affect the student-athletes? Uh, the honor code is a, a very big part of the campus life for student-athletes and students. Uh, all our, our athletes are students, and so it's a big part of it. I think a lot of times nationally people will only hear about the honor code in terms of someone getting suspended. Well, two weeks ago was honor week on campus. I don't, I don't see one article about honor week, and it's a celebration with our students. And we, in student athletes, we had a big meeting. We only have two meetings a year with all the student athletes. That's one of them uh, each year. And we had uh, some student athletes speak on honor and what it means. And uh, it was an incredible day for me to be there, see all of our kids there, have them discussing and talking. And you see a side of it that no one else sees. And I think it's really special. Tom, are you happy with the performance of the men's basketball team this year and the coaching staff? I was Saturday night. It was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it's it, you know, people. I'm I, people are impatient with uh, lack of you know exceptional results. It, it's been an, an up and down year, as Dave would say, and uh, I know each one of those players extraordinarily well. I believe in each one of those players. We saw great flashes of brilliance and some tough, tough times. I, I like the fact that, man, those, we got a young team and they got a couple years together where we're at. I feel good about the present and the future. So I'm eager to go down to the conference championship and see if they can, you know, put a few together. And, and I, right now, people are going, they're nervous about that. They're nervous about that. And uh, we'll see which way it goes. It's a young team and uh, a talented team, but a team that has been prone to making mistakes. Is scheduling home and home football series becoming easier with with Power Five schools as you as the process goes on, or is it still as challenging as it was? I'd never say easy, uh, but I think that I think that as teams, as conferences and teams see kind of how we've done this, and they talk to other schools and see that it, BYU can be like a wild card. One, one of the things that we've been able to do with ESPN is we help out a lot of schools, and that's how we get these games. It's not like, I don't want to get into the details, but if a, if a really strong uh, P5 school, we get, it, we get a game with them, it's not necessarily that they called us up, Tom, want to play? Yep, good. It usually comes down to there was a difficulty in a schedule somewhere down the road with other teams, and ESPN... And still with Dave Brown, who's not with ESPN any longer, but we're still uh, phone buddies. He's the scheduling guru. Um, we can help. And so there's usually a set of dominoes that go into place. And if we do this, then it helps three or four other teams. And so really, 
we're able to help other people and help ourselves. And so we get into situations sometimes that are a little bit trickier for us, but I'm willing to do that because we're independent. And that's as a result, we get good games. And then there, is there any more updates on uh, getting Notre Dame back on the schedule? No, not yet. I mean, this is something that Notre Dame um, eventually will have to decide how they want to do that. And so right now, um, as I talk to people, some people are frustrated. We want to say Cougar fans that nothing is happening. But to me, I'm going to say somewhere down the road, if they come and play in Provo, that would be a good thing. And because they host a game in Provo, or if they don't want to play, we get a good payday. So both of those things are good things. I'm really not going to worry about it right now. What's ESPN's stance as far as you getting an AP five? They'd be fine with that. I mean, that's part of the contract. That if, in the event that we get into a P5, they let us out of the contract at any point in this, in this current contract. And that's when we entered into it. That's one of the things that we talked about. Um, you know, certainly ESPN is, has a piece in a lot of the P5 conferences. I think that's one of the positives now is they're, they're usually not just single broadcast entities. Most of the big Power 5 conferences have multiple formats now. And they'll, they'll have... The so, but beyond the contract, do they have a preference? I think they'd want to do our games. They'd want to be associated with us, I would think. So if we went to a conference where B, uh, BYU and ESPN, the number of games went to a small amount, that wouldn't, they wouldn't like that. Right. Are they an advocate? Yeah, I, I would say, I mean, they're not uh, advocating. No, I, I wouldn't say they're an advocate. They're not <laughs> advocating for us. They, there's, they have so many, their arms are around so much of college football that I don't think it's right for them to advocate advocate for us. I would just say they have a great – they like BYU. They like doing our games. We're on TV all the time. They love that. Mm -hmm. So we want, they just say, hey, we want, to keep, we want to keep working together. So how that comes into play, Patrick, with um, future P5, I don't really – I don't know. I'm not sure about that. Year two for Kalani Patapi, year two of – spring practice, what do you think of his progress and how contagious is just his funness, that's not even a word, but he's just so fun. <laughs> it's great. I think that um, he's brought a, a spark of life to some people that weren't involved. I think one of the things I see is there's a lot more people that weren't really involved in BYU football that are now. I think we had a, we had a great program for many years and, and there's a transition. You're always nervous with transitions and I think um, there's, he brings things to the table that are unique to his personality and his skills. And, and uh, it was a, a really good first year. I think he's extraordinarily honest. And so I really know where he feel, what he feels about things. And we, we have good discussions and talk about personnel and situations. And he's a humble guy, so he comes out with it. And kind of you, you kind of know where he stands. What does it say, though, about his commitment, not just to the football program, but just for the school in general? I mean, he, he was there waiting at the airport for the basketball <laughs> team to come, like, 2 in the morning. Uh, he's a better man than me. <laughs> <laughs> I was out of town. Um, I think it's great. I mean, I, this is college. This is college life. And, uh, you know, it's good PR, but I would say don't, don't think that he's just looking for PR. He, he doesn't need publicity. He does it because he likes BYU. He likes the student athletes. He likes um, he likes our, the Rock. 
and to see him down at the airport, the, the eclipse of it, is just in his environment. As he loves that stuff. Is there anything you can divulge about the discussions with Utah to take the year off with men's basketball, then to renew it again? I think you guys played it out pretty well, media-wise. I don't think there's much to hide. And there's a decision made not to play. They didn't want to play, and so we didn't have a contract. And and they came back, and we got back and finished off a contract. You know, you you know all the things that the forces externally that were, I don't really know about. I, I read them. I had nothing to do with that. So I don't really care to comment. It's not my business. It's their business. I'm just, in, I'm excited that we're back with them. And, uh, and Chris Hill and I talk. We've, we've spoken a few more times in the past couple weeks about things. And I think it's good. I think we're back to, back to uh, kind of, I don't say normal, but we're, we, we have scheduled games, and uh, we're looking forward to the future. You talked a lot about the positives that came out with the whole process, but still, was there some disappointment when you go through this whole oh, long yeah. process and <laughs> you, you put so much effort forth, and then all of a sudden you're kind of in the same position that you were before it all? Sure. I mean, I, I just, I, I was disappointed and frustrated for about two or three days. And then you got to just turn the page and move on. I really, it was frustrating because, you know, I thought that it was really close. I, I really believe that we had a great chance. And, uh, you know, I, I fully understand that, you know, I speak to uh, the 80s in the conference and they're really matter of fact about the business part of it and the discussion and what they wanted. And, and I get that. They're part of a conference and they do things in that way. And so when they decide to do it, you know, for me to, sweat over it or worry or look back it makes no sense so just chalk it up to experience and move on is there anything Tom that you aren't doing that you need to do do you think um, retro retro I mean looking back what we could have done or no. going forward going forward um, you know maybe I'd probably say probably I don't I haven't identified it because we'll do everything we can right. I, I think that um, Another really good thing that came of that is we had a lot of people that were in that when they went through when we went through that process, we asked them to come in and be part of it, and not just part of it like give a donation, but what can we do? How can you help us? We got a lot of smart, really bright, creative minds that are BYU graduates and/or friends of BYU. And so one of the things that we did is we went to them and said, how can you help? Because they can do it better than us. Mm -hmm. And we got a lot of great help and a lot of great ideas. We got a lot of crazy ideas, <laughs> but I loved every one of them. We, we couldn't use some of them. Some of them were non-compliant. Most, <laughs> most of them were non-compliant. But a lot of them were great that we put into action. So I would say one of the things that we're doing right now is we're saying keep coming. Give us ideas. I mean, these are, um, you know, champions of industry and and technology. And we're, I'm a football coach. I'm a player. And so we're we're calling on those people, and they they love doing it because we can we can always get money. Um, I'm I'm not underestimating the influence of the finances, but some of these people they can give us things that no one else can give us. That's direct uh, intellectual. Um, property. <laughs> they give us things that are, that are really, really good that only they know from their company, their experience, their um, 
education. When your alumni say expand the stadium, eighty thousand, put in luxury suites on the other side, yeah. make more money on game day, and make yourself so big, no one can possibly ignore you. Is that a crazy idea, or is that what? I think it's a great idea. I don't know if it's practical, but I think it's a great idea. Um, pr practically, right now, we don't sell out, so it would be silly to put in, you know, another twenty thousand more seats. And because of 20,000 more seats you'd put in, we'd be in the corner, you know, if they're going to do that. If you want to put an upper deck on, that would be great. I, I, I can picture an upper deck, probably not in my, <laughs> my administration, but I can picture that. It looks great. Um, the big thing right now, though, is not necessarily seats. It's hospitality. And I think that those are the things that we're turning our attention to is hospitality and making it really a, a place where it used to be where you come play a game and it was all about the game. Now people come to the game for social, hospitality. Um, they come to see the things other than the game, and, and including our students. I, I'm, I'm really proud of our students because around the country, the student uh, attendance drops off like crazy, and ours is strong. And I think that that might sound like I'm just throwing a plug for our students, but it's really a feather in their cap that where everyone else is going down, not everyone, most schools are going down, ours are going up. And so that, I think to me that's a sign that they love the college experience. So I don't care if they come to the game and just tweet back and forth with the next door neighbor, I mean with the person sitting next to them. I don't get it, but I think it's great that they're at the game. <laughs> So, you know, social media is a big, when we go to games on the road and you see all these new social media ideas, you know, that's, I don't, I, I get it. I'm not plugged in like my children, but at stadiums, that's what it is. And when you look, like, I don't think our, our big donors or our Cougar Club people, I don't think they want another seat. They got their seats. They want, they want to make it a, an event. And so it's entertainment, it's event, it's all that. And that's where we're getting a lot of help, guidance, um, advice. Is the West Coast Conference membership stable? You've added a couple teams. Is yeah. Happen there I feel good. No, it's, it's really stable. What can be done to grow the basketball programs that are the bottom two-thirds of the league? Well, the I think we, we've tried a lot. I, I think that um, you see, like, the middle has done better. I thought uh, the, uh, what can be done, a bunch of schools made changes with their coaches. Uh, I'm not. I'm just saying they those schools felt that it was necessary, and I think that the middle of the the middle of the conference this year in basketball um, made improvements. I thought that some of those teams were better, and uh, you know some of the teams uh, slipped a little bit. But I think that we talk about it at every one of our meetings. I, I've said this before, but when you'd go to a Pac-12 or a Mountain West conference executive council meeting with all the people, you're going to talk about football for 80% of the meeting and basketball for 15 and the other whatever for five. This is basketball for 90 and the other things for 10. So that's the, that's the emphasis and that's what it's all about. And I, I being in that conference and people, when they take shots at the West Coast Conference, it's a lot of work and energy goes into that. And it's just hard, it's hard to win. It's hard to hard to get really good in conferences. You look at like the the non-power six. I guess that's what they call it in basketball right now. 
it's hard to be to get teams because of finances and capital. I think, I think that that gap growing it makes it it makes it hard to be compete. You spoke earlier about BYU TV and the opportunities that you have to broadcast events. One thing you addressed on Twitter earlier this week was the potential of doing a spring game. I know you said you're open to doing it. Is it something that you've had discussions about, or is that not really possible? Yeah, I th it's something that we talk about all, every year for various reasons in the past. Um, coaches haven't wanted to do it. Um, I, I think a lot of times... You know, I kind of got, they came after me because I said, gave some reason or excuse, but we don't have a lot of um, personnel in the in our spring. So for a game, I get that. Uh, I, I remember a couple years ago, we had one running back for a week. For a week, with one healthy running back. And you can't practice, let alone play a, a game. So our coach is a little concerned about that. But um, with our relationship with BYU TV Sports, um, We'll, we'll figure something out. We'll do something. Um, we just gotta, we gotta just figure it out. Even there was a sign through 2020, uh, more years, he's almost 60. Do you get the sense that he will want to sign another long-term deal and carry to Yeah. Remember how long you get in that I mean, usually, most of the coaches at BYU, we don't, we don't even talk about that until the time comes. I usually approach with a, a period of time coming up on the contract. But that's not something that we talk about. Um, you know, th there were times this season when, you know, the stress and strain is tough. You ever can see that. But, hey, I I've spoken with him, and, you know, his, his energy level's high. And after Saturday, he's hungry, hungry. And he's got a great young team, and he's not going to – he ain't leaving – he's not going to leave that. Obviously, uh, everybody would prefer the NCAA tournament, but if you can't get to the NCAA, would you look forward to a Utah-BYU NIT game? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll really see how that plays out. I mean, conspiracy theorists already have it done. You know, if it happened, it happened. You know, that happened with the bowl game the year that we were playing, so somehow people want us to play. It's going to happen one way or the other. It, it would be very ironic if it happened that way, but if it did, it would be a good matchup. Dave, a lot of the uh, flagships programs, football, basketball, baseball, have been good but not great. On the flip side, a lot of your women's sports yeah. programs have been great. Why? What's the disparity? Obviously very proud of the women's programs, but why the disparity? In the conference or with BYU? With BYU, just as fact, the great, how great the, the women's programs have been. You know, I'm soccer. not sure. I, I think we, we have a, a really good competitive advantage in that we have really great coaches in some of our Olympic sports. And I think some of the best coaches in the country at their sport. And uh, I think that maybe in, in uh, those Olympic sports, more so than football and basketball, that the uh, LDS kids will come to BYU at a, at a higher clip. And now that's not an automatic. Those coaches have to really, really recruit. But um, it seems like in football and basketball, the, it used to be that there was kind of a lock on those kids. I'm going to say used to back when I was playing long time ago. Um, but, you know, you see that a little bit more. And I think right now with Kalani and Dave, that their effort is to keep that you got to get the best. you got to get the best kids. you got to keep them. And I think that might be one of the reasons that um, they're not extraordinary as compared to, like, say, the volleyball or soccer. What do you think can be done with the whole Pac-12, but especially USC and Stanford coming in and getting the best of the best year after year? Um, I think it comes down to just flat-out work. It's recruiting. 
And, you know, which I always say, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? And the answer is yes. You know, you, you have to be good to recruit kids to come, and you have to recruit kids to come to get good. And you, there's never a time where the only time that can is if you're really bad, you can get a kid that can come in and play as a freshman. I don't really want to be in that situation. And so I think we're usually in a situation where um, we're good, we're competitive, but we have to, I don't know, sometimes some of our programs probably have to um, just rise a little bit more and, and be a little bit more attractive to whatever the, whoever the kids that might be going outside of BYU. We've got time for a couple more questions. So for people uh, who are worried because they saw BYU-Idaho drop boards and now BYU-Hawaii phasing them out, why is Provo different? Well, I think that those two schools, BYU-Idaho and BYU-Hawaii, are way different than BYU-Provo, the schools. The missions of those schools are way different than BYU's. I think BYU, the athletic department and the athletic programs, play a much larger role on the campus than those schools did. And so uh, the traditions that have been established, the great opportunity for external work with with uh, BYU, the connections that we make, the collaborations that we have, all those things just separate us from BYU-Idaho and BYU-Hawaii. Um, the fact that we've been playing in college athletics at Division One for so long, we have a long, strong tradition. It is really hard to run an athletic program BYU-Hawaii. You gotta get teams to come and you, you, you have home games. It's really, really hard. I think it's amazing that they did as well as they did for so many years. But I think that it not so much athletics is just the change in the mission of what that school is trying to accomplish. And the same thing happened at BYU-Idaho. You talk about the enthusiasm around the program and getting more people involved from students to the business leaders you were talking about. How important is it to really rally all that and get everybody going? How important is it to beat Utah in football? It's very important. I, I've always been one from, I grew up in LA, so I, I watched the UCLA-USC rivalry for as long as I can remember, you know, to the point where I would cry as a kid when UCLA would lose. And I get that. Our kids cry when, when we lose to Utah. And uh, some adults cry <laughs> when we lose. To, and I love that. I love, I like that. I think it's great. I don't like losing to Utah, but I love the competition because you're going to win those games. When you do, you're on the other side of it. And there's nothing that makes your heart beat more and make you feel that sense of accomplishment than being able to go into that game and win the game. And, and you know, the, the, the football and basketball games are really important, but if you know me and you've seen me at the baseball or softball or tennis or whatever the sport may be, it's all relative. To those kids, it's the same. It's exactly the same. Now the forces outside in football and basketball are way more, way bigger, but I, I just, I love, the, I love the rivalry. I mean, just open the annex here. Is there, what's the next project <laughs> that you're thinking about? Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> uh, we have a few on the board. They're, they're not ready to be announced or, you know, they're not really not even, uh, some of them are approved, but You'll, you'll see those as they unfold, but I think that's one of the things that uh, this facility right here was not like, hey, you know what, we should probably build a, there were pressures, you know, there were pressures, and 
and and you gotta. I don't I don't like keeping up with the Joneses. I don't like that attitude, but you're gonna fall behind competitively if you don't. And uh, you, you've heard all the stories about why this thing needed to be built, and Tyler Haas getting kicked out of the RB and things like that. Th- those those don't bode well for recruiting when those stories get around. And uh, right now we have. Um, a great competitive advantage with the addition of this facility. I know Lavelle already has the stadium named after him, but is there any plans this fall to maybe kind of honor his memory with his recent passing? Or um, we we have some plans. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of things that are going around the country right now, where people are calling me and people want to honor him in different areas. I think that's incredible. Uh, I, I always have said that when I became the AD at BYU, even before I was, when I was at Cal and Stanford, um, it would always amaze me when I'd travel around the country and people, uh, big-name people in sports would always say, how's Lavelle? How's he doing? I love Lavelle and Patty. And it, it, his, I think that as much as he was revered here in, in, in the state, he was, I think it was bigger outside the state. And, and I think a lot of people in the state of Utah don't really understand that. And so uh, I, I get the impact that he had everywhere. And so I, I don't – there will be some things that we'll do, but it, his influence, it's, it's going to always be there. We'll always do things. And it's not just going to be one shot, but we'll do a lot of things, uh, you know, as long as I'm here. Tom, the Provo Hyde property, will athletics have a – Part of that at all. I really have no indication of what that property is going to be used for. I have a lot of ideas, but, but uh, they don't seem to like those ideas. Um, I think that it was a great opportunity for BYU to, to get involved in that when, B, when Provo is going to move the school. It's a, it's a great, uh, the proximity to campus, the, the land is great. So I don't really even know if BYU knows exactly what they're going to do with it. I mean, one of the things that I've heard is the proposal for the Harris Fine Arts Center to be renovated in major renovation that Provo High could come into play there. That's the only thing I've heard, and that's public. Last questions? Okay. All right, great. You didn't want to see the schedule for until 2030? <laughs> <laughs> I have to refer to it occasionally.